0: What you may not have seen, if you don't come on Wednesday nights, uh, we have midweek service on Wednesday nights. Um, That's church on Wednesday. And and I know some can't come because of their schedules and, and everything like that. But what you haven't maybe seen is the fact that there is a growing number of teenagers in our teen group. You say, well, pastor, that's just because they get to go do things. No, I want you to understand. It's because we have people that are praying and investing in young people, and we're seeing God answer prayer, and we're seeing God move in our young people. Amen. Anybody excited about that? I'm excited about it. I know all of you think you're still as strong as you were when you were 16, but how many know you're not? Oh, look, a couple of you at least acknowledging it today. Thank the Lord. Amen. We are so thankful that you are here. I'm thankful for what God is getting ready to do in the house this morning. Now, many of you may have, and if you forgot, I'm going to help you. But this past week, many celebrated Valentine's Day. If you forgot, it's late. Some people didn't celebrate Valentine's Day. They actually celebrated the next day called Unvalentine's Day. Yeah, those are the folks that are single and ready to mingle, amen? Okay, what I found out and what many of you already know in the building is this, uh, if I went to the store, and, and I'm not going to ask anybody in the house that they were procrastinators when it comes to buying gifts. I'm not going to ask, because you'll be able to tell very quickly if you're one, but I, If I went to the store, potentially on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, Wednesday being Valentine's Day, and I looked at a a bouquet of flowers, I would find those flowers and they would be a little pricey. The chocolates, you know, I'd rather go get a king-size candy bar than a heart, heart box of chocolates, but I look at the price of the things and I think to myself, why is that so expensive? And I realized that if I buy the gift on the day of or before the day, it's going to cost a little bit more. But yesterday, I went to Walmart. And listen, I don't know what kind of magic they do there. But what was Valentine's Day is now Easter. It was like in the blink of an eye. And I kept walking down the aisle a little bit, and I see in the center section a big sign that said 50% off. And I look, and it was filled with Valentine's Day stuff. The things that three or four days ago I would have paid $20 for, I can get for $10 or less. And there's no dates on it. So I got my wife Valentine's Day already for next year. I'm just kidding, I didn't. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if y'all can't laugh, you're in the wrong place today. You're in the wrong place. I'm reminded of a a man uh, that that used to go to our church uh, in in Indiana, and a great man and great family. And uh, this man, every week when he was dating his now wife, but every week when he was dating her, he would take her flowers. Beautiful flowers. Every week. Now, I used to do that too, but that was because I got in trouble and I was asking for forgiveness. But he didn't ask for forgiveness. He was just, he always brought her flowers every week. And every week, every week, and she was just so thankful and, and all of this. And about a week before they got married, or maybe it was a little bit after that, she said to him, she said, honey, um, it was after they got married because he stopped giving her flowers every week. That'll preach a message, won't it? Okay. Not going there, because then it'd be back to the un- Valentine's Day thing. Okay. But uh, she said, honey, I, I noticed that, that y- you stopped getting me flowers every week. And he said, yeah. And she said, is it because the budget? Is it because we don't make enough money? And, and he said, no, no. She said, well, what is it? He said, well, we moved into our own house. And she said, okay. And he said, my parents' house was across from the graveyard. (laughs) That dude for about a year was getting flowers from graves. Uh, That's why we sang graves into gardens this morning, amen? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The difference was it was going to cost him something, and it changed what he desired to give his Loved one, are you hearing me this morning? Yesterday, I could have purchased a number of items to give everybody a Valentine Day this morning. The value wouldn't have been less to you, but it would seem like, seem like a little bit of an afterthought. How many understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like somebody tells you happy birthday two months after. It seemed like an afterthought for you, but the cost would have been much less for me. Because of when I decided to make the purchase, when I decided to do what I needed to do. And so this morning, I want to share with you just a little bit of time on the topic of, hey, neighbor. Now, this should be really simple. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Now, look at your other person beside you and say, hey, neighbor. Matthew chapter 22 verses 36-39 through the man says master which is the greatest commandment of the law and Jesus answered him and said thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the first and great commandment and second is unto it, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself sometimes maybe it's just me Sometimes it's hard enough to do the first one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Some days, some days, not that I don't love him, but how many understand some days are tough? And we choose to lean on our own understanding. We choose to lean on our own strength as opposed to leaning into Jesus. We lean on ourselves. And then, I don't know, maybe you all have great neighbors, but how many got some crazy neighbors? I'm not talking about sitting beside you this morning. I'm... Some got some crazy neighbors. Some, some folks that, you know, they're the 4 o'clock in the morning keeping babies up neighbors. We often hear the message preached to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. But with that commandment, in addition is, we should love our neighbors as ourselves so the question is this who is our neighbor are you ready (laughs) who's our neighbor now this is this is about to age the congregation some of us used to hear it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood a beautiful day for a neighbor would you be could you be Okay, so I'm not gonna flip the shoe and put the sweater on, alright? You guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you went to, some of you went to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood right away. You see the trolley ding ding, you hear all the stuff. Okay. Neighbor. Some of us grew up with Heidi Ho Neighbor. Anybody remember Tool Time and Tim the Tool Man Taylor? I know. And I'm not going to go down the rest of the path of neighbors because some of y'all have some weird stuff. But the question is, who is our neighbor? Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you're going to do in this house. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this people. Now, Father, I pray for the next few moments that you would, God, capture our hearts capture our minds. God, capture our hearing to where we hear from you today the words that you would have us hear. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor say, hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. The Greek translation for neighbor is close by. So if we look at the scripture, it says we are to love those that are close by us as we love ourselves. Now, I understand that when we Uh, Choose to love people, generally, it's people that we think are deserving of it. I, I got quiet. Maybe, is this on? It is on. Okay. You say, Not me, Pastor. I love everybody. All right. When they cut you off, what do you say? Love you. We want to love people that we think are deserving of it. Many times we judge our decisions to love others by what appears outwardly versus versus understanding that the scripture said to love those who are close by, love our neighbors regardless of what we think they deserve. Now, How can I love people that way? It's simple. Because God loves me that way. Now, I know some of us think we deserve God's love. But there's not one of us that are good enough or worthy enough that actually deserve God's love. He loved us in spite of who we are. In spite of our flaws. And you say, Pastor, I don't have any flaws. Well, there's your flaw. He loves us in spite of our flaws. He loves us in spite of our issues. He loves us in spite of our trauma and our drama and all the problems. He loves us. We didn't deserve his love. He gives us his love. And we are to love others that way as well. Mm. So Jesus told a parable in Luke. It was the depiction of the question in Matthew. He tells us in chapter 10, This parable. And I want to go through the parable this morning with you very quickly. And I promise you'll be home before the restaurant closes. And usually it's six o'clock, so we'll be fine. In the parable, before the parable, we need to understand who asked the question. Who asked the question about what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It was a lawyer. Anybody love lawyers? If you are one, I love you. Um, Everybody matters to God. Jesus loves everybody. Okay. He says, The lawyer says to Jesus, What shall I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus responds by asking him a question. He says, What's written? What does the word say? How many know that's a great place to go? When you have a question, go to the word. And the man says, well, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you got it. Next question, let's move on. It was that simple. Jesus said, you got it. That's what the word says. We're moving on. But the man was trying to justify himself and how he was loving others, and he asked the question, who is my neighbor? Why did he ask that? I submit to you he asked the question because he was loving certain people certain ways and not loving others. And so we want God to give us an excuse or God to give us a reason why we don't have to love certain people certain ways because it's easier to let God give us an excuse than listen to us make our own. Going on. I can tell you like it this morning. So Jesus shares this parable in Luke chapter 10. A parable is a story, and he goes on and he says this. He says, there was a certain man going from Jerusalem, and he got mugged. Now, this is my translation here, okay? I want you to understand. I'm using mugged. Mug's not in there. If you find the version that it says mugged, maybe, I don't know. It's not one I wrote. The man got mugged. He got beat up. He got robbed. His clothes were ripped off. All he had was stolen. He was left laying there almost dead. Now that's scripture. He was laying there half dead. He was almost dead. So get a picture of this. A man's beat up, stripped of his clothes, all of his stuff taken, beaten, battered, and bruised, laying there ready to die. Down the road comes a priest. What a perfect setup, right? The priest is gonna come, he's gonna heal the man, it's gonna be a great day. That makes sense, right? But surely, surely the priest was going to at least stop and help the man that was lying there about dead. But the priest saw him, moves to the other side of the road, and passes by. So here's what I want to say, first of all, in this in our message today. First, I want you to understand our position, our titles, and our status do not give us a free pass not to love our neighbor. It's not someone else's job. It's not someone else's responsibility. It's not someone else's duty to love our neighbor. It's our responsibility to love our neighbor. In fact, I submit to you, when we don't love our neighbor, that we should be more concerned about our own salvation than our status. You say, well, pastor, I don't know about that. Why? Because we cannot cannot love God and not love our neighbor. I'm going to say that again because, like, two people liked it. We can't love God and then not love our neighbor. The two don't go together. And so if I don't love my neighbor, that must mean that I'm not loving God. I'm going to just duck right here so you throw stuff. Jesus continues with the parable, though. And he says, but then, then a Levite comes. A Levite comes, and when he got there, he says he looked at him. The Bible says he looked at the man lying there and then passed by on the other side. You say, well, what's the Levite? Who's the Levite? The Levite wasn't part of the priestly order, but they were the group that assisted in the temple. They were the group that helped. And so I would consider those type of people the ones that I would call church leaders and church attenders. And the Bible says that the Levite looked at him looked at the man lying there, I believe stared at him, or I can imagine stared at him for a few seconds and said, oh, no, I'm not getting into this one, and passes by. I'm not going to ask you how many times you've looked at a situation where someone needed help, and you knew you had the ability to help, and God was nudging at you to help someone, God was nudging at you to serve someone, and you decided to say, I'm not getting in that mess now. Religion will cause us, I'm going to make sure we're clear, religion will cause us to judge when to love our neighbors rather than doing what relationship with God will do, which will cause us to love them regardless of the situation they're in. Too many have been hurt by religious people that that, that instead of of stopping and helping, they have walked past or they stared at people that actually needed loved and ministered to and served. That's why the church in general has a bad rap because too many religious people are checking a box going to church, bypassing their neighbor. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you love God, and just because you act crazy doesn't mean you're wrong. Say, act crazy, yes, I'm going to go there sometime soon. Don't know when. I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. If someone that was a religious person hurt you in the past, I'm sorry. I apologize for their... I apologize for them. I held that word. Did you see me? I held that word. I was going to say, like, I'm apologizing for them being dumb but I wasn't going to do that, but I just did it. So there it is. I, I, I apologize for their error, and sometimes they did it on purpose. How many know sometimes it's on purpose? Other times it's by mistake, and so they may not intentionally have done it, but I want you to understand, I'm not big on religion. Say, wait a second, Pastor, you, you, you're preaching. I'm not big on religion. I'm really big on relationship with Jesus. Jesus, hear me, if you've been hurt before in church or by a religious person, Jesus didn't do that. The church, his church, hear me, his church didn't hurt you. A person did, and I apologize for that, but don't hold it against Jesus for what happened. Religion says... I'm going to walk by the man that is laying there. Religion says, I'm going to love those that look like me, believe like me, think like me, think politically like me, and those other people that are off and don't look like me, don't act like me, don't dress like me, don't talk like me, don't think like me, I'm going to say they can get what they deserve. If they don't like it, they can lump it. That's not what Jesus said. Relationship with Jesus will cause us to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. And where religion says we're going to pass by the people, relationship says I'm going to have such a burden that I cannot pass by that one that needs help. I have to love others. And then we come in the parable to a Samaritan. Somebody say Samaritan. Samaritan, and in the Samaritan, we have to understand that in the time Jesus was telling this story, the Samaritans were the most hated in the culture, they were evil, if you wanted to talk trash about someone, you would call them a name, now, and I'm not going to go too far into this, but some of you grew up and some of you didn't, but when I grew up, we would tell your mama jokes. Some of you know what I'm talking about, and some of you just got a little nervous because you're like, what? You you tell all kinds of all kinds of jokes, and you you talk bad about somebody, or you want to talk trash to somebody, you would call them a name, you'd say certain things. If you want to talk trash about people in the time Jesus was telling the story, you call them a Samaritan. That's talking trash. And here comes this person that is evil, that is reviled, that doesn't have access to to the temple, who doesn't have access. Here comes a Samaritan down the road. The least likely of all three, Jesus uses. And he says, but then a Samaritan comes, and the Samaritan stops. And all of our minds would think he's going to do just like what the Levite did. He's going to look at him and then he's going to pass by. But that's not what happened. In fact, the Samaritan then stops and wraps up the man's wounds. He binds up. He begins to bandage the man's wounds. And then he takes the man, and he puts him on the animal that the Samaritan was riding, meaning, hold on, follow me, meaning that if the man is riding the animal that the Samaritan was riding, that means now the Samaritan is walking. He then brings him to and in so he could be taken care of. Now, many of us would stop right there. Many of us would maybe stop. Many of us would maybe help wrap up the wounds. I probably couldn't. I'd have to call a nurse because I'd pass out when I see blood, but whatever. But when we lose our comfort and we have to take our comfort as a back seat when we're loving others, then we draw the line right there. Listen, I want to help him, but I'm not walking. Oh, got quiet. It's all right. It's all right. But the Samaritan, he said, no, no, no. He gets him on the animal, and, and, and he takes the man to an inn. But he doesn't just stop there when he, when he loses his comfort. Because rather than, rather than uh, uh, just losing his comfort, the next day, the Samaritan goes to the innkeeper, and he tells the innkeeper, he says, I'm going to give you two pence, and I want you to take care of this man. Two pence. I'm getting ready to leave, but I want to give you two pence to take care of this man. Now, there are signs that are, are from uh, the Roman Empire that have been brought up or have been revealed, and they say that some say, some of the signs say, not all of them, because how many know you can stay at a Holiday Inn, you can stay at a Marriott, you can stay at somewhere else? I mean, there's different prices, right? But they say that a cost of an inn, on average, in the Roman Empire, based on the signs they seen, are 132nd of a denarius. That rate, at that rate, two pence would have been enough to take care of that man for roughly over a month and a half. Mm. So it wasn't like a cheap thing. It wasn't something that didn't cost very much. So some stop. Loving their neighbor when they lose their comfort. Most would stop when they start to see the cost. Because when it affects my pocketbook, well, I'm not interested anymore in loving people. The Samaritan doesn't just stop there with the two pence. He says, Now here's the deal, innkeeper. I want you to do whatever you have to do to take care of this man. I want you to spend it, use it, do whatever you need to do. And when I come back in town, I'm going to pay you the rest. He lost his comfort and gave it to the neighbor. He loved his neighbor enough that he was going to pay for him to be taken care of. And then he said, whatever he needs, I got it. That was his neighbor. That is what we do to ourselves. How many get yourself a gift every once in a while? How many get to Christmas shop for yourself? I heard someone say this one time when they said, what what do you want for Christmas? They said, I don't want anything for Christmas. I get everything I want by myself when I need it. Some of us have the ability to do that. Thank God that we do. And that's amazing. But we are treating others differently. We're saying, listen, you can get the McDonald's cheeseburger. I'm going to eat the steak. Hmm. All right. So then Jesus says to the lawyer, he says, He says, hey, out of all three, which one was a neighbor unto the man that was mugged? And the lawyer says, the Samaritan, and Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. How many people that are close to us or are a neighbor to us on our job, in our stores, in our neighborhoods, in our family, in our circle, outside of our circle, that we've made the conscious decision not to love them? Pastor, I mean, I, I I love him in my heart. Did you know three people could have walked past that man that was laying on the side of the road, and if they loved him in their heart, it would not have helped him a bit. Let me give you an example of how we love people, sort of. How many has ever seen a canned food drive before? Four people. Some of y'all just need to wake up for a second. Look at your neighbor. Say, "Hey, neighbor." Time to wake up. You go to a canned food drive. Now, I'll be completely honest and transparent with you this morning. They used to have a post office, uh, 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 the post office would pick up cans a certain time of the year, and and you could put out your cans and, and it would be a benefit to the food pantry and all this. And so what we would do is we would go to the store and we would stock up on all the canned food that we wanted and we would give them all the canned food we didn't. Did you hear what I said? We kept the chicken noodle soup and they got the beets. You say, Pastor, I cannot believe you did that. Before you come after me about the speck in mine, you better take care of the plank in yours. (laughs) Oh second. Because at least I told you the truth. Some of y'all trying to change the labels on stuff. We make the conscious decision that we're not going to love others. And you say, Pastor, I don't do that. Yes, we do, because we know their history. We give more grace to people we don't know than the people that are around us and close to us because we know them. How many have we walked past judging their story by their situation rather than choosing not to judge and just to love? Now understand, I'm going to say this because I want to be very clear. God's not calling us to allow people to take advantage of us. God didn't ask you to be a doormat. God didn't ask you to enable people to continue to sin. But we are called to love our neighbor. We're called to love people. We're called to love those that are close to us. We're called to love. Now listen, I can hate the sin but love the sinner. That's Jesus. He doesn't love the sin, but he loves the people that are living in it. He loves people. And he loves the sinner. Religion says the two are one. Religion says that there's no separation. You are what you do. And Jesus says, what you do I hate, but who you are I love. And when we love God... When we love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, our mind can be transformed in the fact that we can understand that there is a separation between what people do and who they are to God. Amen. The word says, though, love your neighbor as ourself. We are really good at giving ourselves a pass when we mess up really bad. Now, I'm my worst critic, and maybe you are too, but I promise you, I make a mistake and I, I may dwell on it for a minute, but I have a tendency to give myself grace. But when somebody else messes up, when someone else makes a mistake, I'm not near as gracious with their mistake as I am mine. It's quiet. We love ourselves through our problems. We give grace to ourselves because we understand, because we understand the battle that we've been fighting. We understand the things that are going on in our mind. We understand the things that we are trying to do, but we're struggling to do. We give grace to ourselves, but rarely do we give grace to the people who are judging, who we're judging, and we don't understand what they're going through and we don't take into account. They're trying harder than we can even imagine, and they're struggling and they need grace. People around us need the truth. i must say that loud too. People around us need the truth of the gospel. But they need grace too. Now, I did a deep study today, this morning when I got here. And I only had about an hour and a half. But I did a deep, deep study. And I want to share it with you. It was, I think it's probably, it's, it's you know, so deep in the alphabet g comes before j it's deep isn't it it's deep thank you buddy g comes before j which means we before we judge people we should stop at grace and give all the grace we can G comes before J. It was deep, wasn't it? It was deep. That was added this morning. That was fresh. You say, Pastor, why are you saying this for? Because we need to start giving grace to people. I'm not saying, say, oh, it's okay to sin. It's okay to live in sin. It's okay to do this. No, but we got to give them grace. We have to love them through what they're dealing with, but give them the truth. John 13, 35 says this, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Some of y'all may not remember this group called DC Talk back in the day. They was, they was kind of old. Toby Mack was in it. DC Talk had this song many years ago, and they, I'm, I'm going to close with this. So Dylan, come on. Come on. People are ready for me to close. They're ready for this baptism and baby dedication. But DC Talk's song said this, love is a verb. It requires action. It requires timely action. This morning, if I got some Valentine's Day gifts and I gave them to you, yes, it would be nice. How many would have appreciated it? Sure you would have, yes. But how many would have appreciated it much more if Wednesday night I made a run with the church van and I started going to everybody's house, dropping off Valentine's Day gifts, and at your job sending you all flowers and everything? How many would have appreciated that much more? Because it would have been on the day. It would have been timing. How many understand what I'm talking about? We can't just serve people and love people on the up days. We have to love people and serve people on their down days. Everybody wants to celebrate with me on the mountaintop, and that's great, but I don't need a friend on the mountaintop. I need a friend when I'm in the valley and I feel like everybody's left me, when I'm dealing with despair. That's where I need a friend. When I'm hurting, when I'm broken, that's when I need somebody to love me and pick me up and love me enough to say, I'm going to grab your hand, my friend, and we're going to walk this journey along together. Oh, Pastor, I don't want to get in that mess. I'm glad somebody got in my mess. I don't know about you. I'm I'm glad that somebody got in my mess. I believe as we start loving our neighbors like Jesus did, I believe as we start serving people like Jesus did, It's going to cause people to turn to Jesus and their lives will be transformed for time and eternity. But I want to say this, I'm going to be very clear. Fighting with people very rarely ends in salvation. Calling people names never ends in salvation. Pushing our beliefs on people and hitting them over the head with signs and a Bible will never get people to change for the kingdom but when we're willing to lose our comfort when we're willing to accept the cost when we're willing to start loving people we're going to see the world changed the question is very simple though when are we going to start loving our neighbor? Well, let me follow it with this. When you start loving God, then you'll start loving your neighbor. Pastor, I am so appalled that you would say, I don't love God. I, did, I know you all think I'm a little old, but I didn't write this. If you don't love your neighbor, you don't love God. So when are we going to start loving our neighbor? I'm going to start it now. We can't wait any longer. Our neighbors have to feel the love now. They have to understand that we love them now. As much as I love them and I'm doing it for them, can I be honest with you? It's also for me. Because if we love him, then we're going to love them. All of them. Did you hear what I said? All of them. All of them. Regardless of the acronyms. All of them. Regardless of their beliefs. All of them. Hey, y'all, look up here. All of them. All of them. Somebody say all of them. All of them. Red, yellow, black, white, purple, green, blue. All of them. Have it all figured out. Have it not figured out. All of them. Why? Because God loves all of them too. Stand all over the house, if you will, this morning. Say, Pastor, you could have preached the celebrate message today and it would have been so much better. I want to tell you this morning that this message, I believe, is exactly what we needed to hear. Because we fail to love others. We get so busy with our life that we forget our life should be busy about the Father's business, not our own. Pastor, I don't have time to help people. Then cut out some stuff. Pastor, I don't have time to get involved in that. Cut out some stuff. We're getting ready to dedicate a baby I'm so excited and that little girl is coming into a world that unless we as believers start loving people and helping people find out who Jesus is she will grow up in a world that doesn't know who Jesus is say pastor that's terrible no here's the worst part There's this place, and I'm going to tell you this morning, and some people don't like to talk about it, but there is a heaven to gain, and there is a hell to shun. And the only way through heaven, only way through heaven is through Jesus Christ. So that's why it's important to love others. I could care less when I die people to say, man, that guy was a good preacher. And some of you go, well, that's not it. Okay, that's all right today guy was kind of funny or he really did his hair nice or he was a great dad he was a great grandpa he was a great I could care less please understand I'm trying I want to leave a legacy for my family but I want people to know that I love God and I love people and love is a verb which means it's time to put some action behind the word love bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you will. First, if you're in this house this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't even know about the loving God piece yet. I'm not there. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But if you're in this house and you say, you know what, I I need to get that love rekindled or I need to start that fire of loving God. I need to get right with the Lord today. If that's you, can you just slip up your hand very quickly in this house? Thank you, Jesus. Those hands are there. And I'm pausing for a moment. I'm pausing for a moment. Because this is the most important decision you could ever make in your life. To love God and give Him your life. If you're in this house this morning, and you say, Pastor, I need to get that fire rekindled. I need to, I need to get this redone. I, I, have to, I have to come back to grace. I have to. If that's you. See your hand. Come on, lift up your hand. If that's you. Thank you for those hands. Now I want to help pray with you this morning for those hands that were raised. And then we're going to go on. But we can't start. We, we can't do anything until we get to this spot here. If your hand was raised out of your mouth today, out of your mouth, And you may use some different words, and it's okay. But we need to pray this with all your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for not loving you. But God, I'm so thankful that you love me. Father, today, forgive me of my sins. I want to be right with you. I believe you died on a cross for my sins so that I can have an everlasting life with you if you're my Savior. So, Lord, be my Savior today. I give you my life. I give you who I am. Help me love you with all my heart, all my might, all my mind and all my soul, I'm leaving this building today with a fire that's being rekindled to serve you and love you in Jesus' name. Now, in this building, thank God for those today. I want you to know. I want you to know if you prayed that prayer, that heaven is rejoicing. Only time heaven rejoices is when someone comes into the kingdom. Heaven's rejoicing today. In this building this morning, maybe you are right with God, but we got some work to do with loving others. Say, Pastor, I don't have time. It's getting messy. If that's you, I want you to say, God, forgive me. I need to love others. I need to love my neighbors. I need to love people more. Give us a heart, God, to love others. If you're in this building this morning and you say, I'm re- I, need, I need to have a heart to love others. I need to love others. I, need, I know it's, I'm not that person. I, I don't do very good with people, but I've got to start loving others more. Close by me. Maybe it's in our family. Maybe it's in our coworkers. Maybe it's those around us. But if that's you, let me see your hand in this house. I need to love others more. Help me love others more. Father, you see the hands that are in this building, and I pray now, God, that you would help every single person that has their hand raised, that their desire is to love others as they love you. God, how do we know we love you? Is when we love others. So Lord, as we love you, let us love through your loving. Let us touch through your touching. Let us reach through your reaching. God, let us change the world, not by screaming and yelling and pushing and arguing, but God, let us change the world by loving people, giving them the truth but giving them grace and helping them know they're not alone. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Somebody put your hands together and give God praise today in this place.